0: Hi, friends. Welcome to Zen Inside, Thrive Outside, a podcast series designed to help you feel, well, a little bit more Zen inside so you can thrive outside professionally and personally. I'm your host, Sydney Detoy. I coach high-achieving millennial women to redefine their relationship with work and create fulfilling careers with just the right mix of ambition and value. I'm excited to share what I've learned from coaching over 50 women since 2019 and my own career success as a strategy consultant, chief of staff, and executive leader. Let's dive in. Welcome. Welcome to the first episode of this podcast. So you're probably wondering, what is a podcast? And How is that different from this thing I listen to all the time, a podcast? It's a great question. A podcast and what I'm aiming to do in this series is to teach you about a topic and give you tools and strategies that you can apply immediately into your day-to-day lives, like an espresso shot of personal growth. I did not come up with this concept. I'm inspired by one of my favorite podcasts. So, if you've paid close attention, you've heard me say that this is a two part podcast series, or at least just two parts for now. We're going to start with a few episodes on what is going on for millennial women internally, or why our relationships with our careers are so complicated. In the second part, we'll dive into how to create a fulfilling career, how to figure out what you truly love, what you're good at, how to orient your career around, and really how to find that sweet spot that we're all craving between ambition, growth, and challenge, and balance and freedom. We won't be able to fully appreciate or benefit from having a really fulfilling career until we change our relationship with work and figure out how to break our habits, our cycle of overwork, poor boundaries, perfectionism, and imposter syndrome, all the things that are going on in our mind and internally. One of my favorite sayings about this is, where you go, there you are. And so if we're going to change your career, change your job, we want you to also change internally. So we are, with this first series, going to focus on getting your insides right. And then in the second series, we'll focus on your insides. I have coached over 50 millennial women since 2019. They're mostly MBAs, lawyers, Career consultants, startup execs. For my clients, my very high-powered friends, myself, and probably you, if you're listening to this podcast, our twenties were so simple. We got on a career ladder. And without much thought, just started charging straight up that ladder. Just hustling, figuring out what training, what opportunities, what networking, how to get to the next promotion and get to a place where we have a big title, a big team, big influence, big compensation, and all looks so good on paper. And that's where we are now. But we're in our 30s and our early 40s, and it just doesn't feel that straightforward anymore. I found that my clients are typically in three life stages. They want to date, but because of their high-powered jobs, they don't have the time or energy to. Or perhaps they're newly married and wanting to start planning for families, but the thought of incorporating children into their lives, which have been so dominated by their careers, feels absolutely daunting, or they have young children and they are just drowning. And so we have all started wrestling with questions that we just didn't have in our 20s. Questions such as, what role do I want my career to play in my life? My priorities seem to be evolving, but I don't know what they're evolving to. I don't know what my new priorities are. I really want to have a more full, whole life that isn't so work focused, but I don't want to sacrifice all of the work and the career capital that I've built. I'm never going to be satisfied with the straight nine to five. I want to be challenged and have impact but I also need to have this life. How do I reconcile this? What does that career-life integration look like for me? In other words, the best way to describe our relationships with our careers right now is it's complicated. If we really follow this metaphor, we really loved our jobs, but they don't always love us back. We really want to stay in this committed relationship, but we know that something has to change. Just aren't really sure what. And yes, I really hope that you are having flashbacks to the early days of Facebook. Somehow Mark Zuckerberg just knew that the only status that would work sometimes is it's complicated. So how did we get here? there are a bunch of millennial things that define us. Millennials being the generation who were born between the early 80s and the 90s. So the first millennial thing is the American dream. Whether your family has been in the U.S. for generations or moved here more recently, your your parents, your grandparents, your ancestors have probably all raised you with visions of the American dream. This idea and concept that if you work hard enough, you can create your own destiny. And there is absolute merit to this idea. There's been a ton of economic mobility in the U.S. and it's something that has defined the fabric of the country. But sometimes in that glorious vision, it gets lost. And the thing that really impacts us on a day-to-day basis when it comes to our careers is the message to work hard. This expectation that we need to work extremely hard. Every day starts at zero. We have this laser focus on how productive we can be, what our output is for the day. My family hails from farmers in the Midwest, and my family jokes about it, but we really still have habits that come from my great-grandfather getting up before the sun to feed the animals. Anyone in my family sleeps in past six thirty. We feel guilty, like we we have to atone for it, or we didn't start the day off on the right foot. And that's a simple antidote. It's just about literally what time our alarms are set for. But it also translates into how much work we feel that we have to do. We have to work to prove our value. The second millennial thing is coming into the job market during the great recession so this doesn't apply to all millennials it's a unique subset of us us lucky people myself included who graduated from college from between say 2006 to 2012 all of a sudden our first jobs just disappeared and All of the time we had spent in college dreaming about that first job and thinking, oh, if I get this first job, it's going to set me up for this and my passion is this and so I'm really excited about career opportunities in this field. All of that opportunity got taken away and we were really, really lucky if we were able to get full-time jobs. I graduated in 2009. And so at the peak of feeling the impact of the recession that had started the previous fall, I spent most of my senior year with my shoulders hunched up to my ears, just stressed about if I would find a job, how I was going to start my career. I still remember a horror story of a friend of a friend who graduated from Harvard Law started to launch his career in big Wa and promptly lost two big Wa jobs due to layoffs within, I think, six months of working. And so it made us feel this sense of scarcity. Our early careers never really felt safe. And so we had to just hustle, just Absolutely grind to make ourselves indispensable to always ward off this insecurity, this layoff that could be right around the corner. And we're feeling all of these feelings again in 2024 as we've been living under the threat of a recession for the past two to three years. And all we hear in the news now is reports about more and more layoffs. The next uniquely, truly uniquely millennial thing is that we want to find meaning in our careers. And I I find this one so interesting because somehow millennials are packaged between our baby boomer parents who worked so hard, but when they left work, they left work at work both literally and figuratively. Because of the the era they were operating in, they couldn't take work home. And at least my perception is they were able to shut off pretty easily mentally. And then, you know, we can talk all we want about Gen Z, but they don't feel the same tie, the same connection to work. And we can Tell that by the soft draw movements, the lazy draw movements. And so it leaves us, the millennials, who really need to want to be part of a bigger movement to feel like we're contributing. We have this expectation of our employers to be good citizens. We want the brands that we buy from to be conscious. And as a result, because we want to find this meaning in our careers, we are so invested in our work. The success of a project or the ability to launch something new into the world, bring a product, product to market, feels personal. We really need our work to be successful. And we spend so much time and energy thinking about it and really wanting it to be successful. And then we all know this, but we grew up as big tech grew up. It is so funny to think because in 2024, we can't really imagine a world without these companies. But our careers are Essentially as old as the big tech firms, Google, Meta, Uber, the list goes on. And these companies all redefined what work was supposed to be. Instead of having an office where you went to to perform your job, we now had offices that were gathering centers, that were social We were supposed to spend all of our time at work because it was fun. We had friends. We had community. And really good free food and snacks. And even if we weren't working in big tech, that impact still spilled over. We still wanted to feel that same kind of connection to our workplace and really be able to have the same kind of perks and the same type of fun. And in exchange for those perks and that fun, we were expected to train in our time to then spend all hours at work because it was the center of our lives. And then the other dynamic that added fuel to this fire, I would say, is that In the decades before big tech started emerging, our other outlets for social connection, such as churches, neighborhood communities, other community groups, sort of evaporated. And so our outlet for this base human need for community and connection now is work. And the last millennial thing, and this one makes me cringe and melt a little inside, is that our careers are as old as smartphones, too. I think that the first iPhone was released in 2007, and we, this being the royal we, we society in general, embraced the impact that it could have on the way that we worked it's going to make us more efficient we're going to stay connected it's also going to give us some freedom because we don't have to sit at our desks all day and it does that but it also prevents us from ever disconnecting or getting any sort of rest these smartphones were unleashed in the world no one paused to think about the implications. Where is the government czar who is going to tell us that we all need to put our phones on Do Not Disturb between the hours of 10 p.m. and 8 a.m.? And that we don't need to check Slack when we wake up in the morning. Or we don't need to be answering the email at 1045 at night before we hop into bed. So there are all of these millennial dynamics, millennial things that are making our relationship with work complicated, making it so that we feel this compulsion, this drive to work so hard, have such a personal connection and investment in what we're doing, and are always connected, always thinking about work, always somewhere in our minds, whether it's at the forefront or just lingering in the back of our minds. So then there are the dynamics that really define us as millennial women. These are unique to us. We were raised to be good girls. My parents are the most liberal hippies, and I still remember hearing. A nursery rhyme. What are little girls made of? Sugar, spice, and everything nice. I'm not sure I heard it from them. It might have been from my grandmother, but I think we all heard that nursery rhyme at some point or some variation, very subtle message that got reinforced over and over again, which as women, as little girls, that then Grew up to be these high-powered millennial career women. We were supposed to be good, polite, well-behaved, orderly, supposed to keep other people comfortable. And, and these messages have now translated into the way that we work in two ways. We want a gold star telling us that we have done a good job. And so we are always working for that gold star. We will work tirelessly until we get that gold star. Because that is what we need to know that we are valued, we contribute. The second is that, and, and I feel this one, we're afraid to get in trouble. Or we're afraid to make other people uncomfortable or to put them out. So it then makes it really, really hard for us to set boundaries. There's the curse of competency. And I got this one from one of my friends who is a lawyer, and I think there's no better way to describe it. I think it was Margaret Thatcher who said, if you want something said, give it to a man. If you want something done, give it to a woman. Truer words have never been spoken. They don't even know where it comes from. But we are so competent. We will get everything done. We will not drop a single ball. We feel such responsibility to be able to execute and execute with excellence. And because of that, Because we are competent, because our team members and our bosses and our leaders can count on us, they will give us more and more work. And then lastly, we are working in what is supposed to be a quote-unquote post-gender era of leaning in. Our moms worked in these male-dominated Environment so that we could work in an era of gender parity, where we could have unlimited opportunities to advance straight to the C-suite if we wanted We're supposed to be reaping the rewards of Gloria Simon's efforts. And there's so much that I could say about gender bias that's still prevalent in the workplace, but that is a whole nother podcast series. Home. But the important point for this is we're supposed to be working in this post gendered era, but we still work in a very male dominated contract. And our work lives, our work schedule are all built for a man in the 1950s who worked nine to five, and had a wife at home who was managing the entire household. Every single dynamic about that is wildly different today. And the only playbook we have on how to work, how to be successful career women, is Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. My friends and I joke that we still have a little bit of PTSD from reading that book in our mid-20s. We thought it was going to be so simple that if we just slept with our phones by the side of our bed, and if we woke up at 4 a.m. every morning to answer emails, if we hustled at these peak years, we could really launch our careers forward. And yeah, it's one model for success, but it doesn't result in us feeling healthy or good. Or balanced. And it doesn't really show us how to have this life that we want, which is integrating our big careers with our big full lives. So there you have it. This is the starting point for our conversation. This is a lot of millennial things and millennial woman things that just make our relationships with our careers complicated. Because of these different dynamics, we are wired to be so successful and prone to burnout. We're at a moment in our lives where we really want to continue to be successful at work. We want to have a role that challenges us, that has influence, that has impact. But we also want to be a whole person. We want to be able to spend time. With our family and our loved ones. We want to have hobbies and interests and passion and a little bit more time to take care of ourselves. So this is what we're going to continue to dive into over the next two episodes. How can we change or evolve our ways of operating? And I'll give you new ideas and real tools to change your relationship with work. Until next time, bye now. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed and got some new perspectives, tips, and inspiration on how to feel more zen inside. Stay tuned for the next mini series, which will dive into how to thrive outside or how to create your dream career that feels fulfilling and has just the right myths of growth and balance. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I would love to connect. Join my newsletter, connect with me on LinkedIn, or send me a note. I'll drop links for everything in the show notes. And until next time, I hope you feel zen inside and thrive outside. Bye now.